The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, very special edition, our master's class. And who better to school the Busted Open Nation than our host here, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports, Mark Henry the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer, and of course, Hall of Famer in the WWE and TNA, and the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray. Guys, how are you for our master's class today? I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but like this is this fits right into my preaching wheelhouse. Ooh, a little preaching, uh-huh. Tommy. Happy to be here, get to talk with uh, all my friends about something I love, pro wrestling. We do it uh, all the time anyway, so might as well school the fans. I'm hungry. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know you're hungry, Bully, and we won't take a lot of time, but you usually do this on Busted Open whenever you're on. You like to teach the nation, and I think today is going to be a prime example of that because what we're going to talk about on this edition of Masters Class. And make sure, if you have any comments or questions, use the hashtag Masters Class. And that is the art of the promo. And Tommy, you know, the promo and mic work means a lot when you're a professional wrestler. You know, when I first got into professional wrestling, I say that was one of my biggest weaknesses. I hated speaking publicly. If you go back and watch any of my early promos, it's, hey, I'm Tommy Dreamer and you're watching ECW and Taz, I'm coming for you. I wanted to get in and out so, so quickly because I was nervous. It was fear. But thankfully, I had a great two mentors, Paul Heyman and Terry Funk, that literally sat down with me and Terry was just like, just be yourself, express your thoughts. And Paul sat with me. And I would have all these ideas and he would just be like, okay, you got to go from here to here. And he's just like, just talk, talk regular. If you're mad, be mad. If you're sad, be sad. And would let you have a million takes just to hit the right one. Was that the same for you, Bully? Because being a part of ECW was Paul Heyman, that mentor for you? Without a doubt. Uh, Paul was a mentor for everybody that came through those doors, and he would spend countless hours with you until you got it right. Uh, Paul, especially with myself, gave uh, gave us the freedom to go out there and do and say whatever we want and truly hone our craft. Um, 
And I am excited to do this episode of Master's Class uh, with these guys because I think there's a great cross-section here. Um, when Tommy used to cut a promo in ECW, there was dead silence in the crowd. And normally you would say, well, dead silence is no good. But in Tommy's case, it was perfect. They loved Tommy so much that they wanted to hear what he was going to say. They hung on every word. And then normally they would start to clap and give Tommy a round of applause and, you know, say, yeah, Tommy, we got your back. And that was like the quintessential babyface talking where they would never disrespect him and never say a word while he was talking. Talking. Thus, Tommy had people in the palm of their hands. When I think about another promo where I heard dead silence in the crowd, I think of Mark Henry and his now historic and infamous promo that he cut when he turned on John Cena. Mark Henry reeled people in emotionally. They really thought that he was going to retire. They really thought that that was his, the final time they were going to see him and speak with him. And he reeled them in and he reeled them in and he reeled John in until an eventual epic uh, and very memorable turn. And with myself, it was the art of going entirely too far all the time and riling people up to the point of no return. The point that ties this all in is emotion. And that's the one word that I believe brings a great promo together. When you whittle it all down, it's about love and hate in the wrestling industry. Can you get them to love you? Can you get them to hate you? And to what depth can you bring them to? See, that's very interesting because, Mark, for you, the promo that Bully's talking about was later in your career because obviously people had to buy in that you're actually stepping away from the sport. So, Mark, was there somebody that you went to? Did you just come up with that on your own or did you have a bit of a mentor before that historic promo, as Bully called it? Well, I mean, I, I, had, a, I had a lot of trainers. Um, you know, Dr. Tom Pritchard was one that would admit he was like, listen, I'm going to show you how and all how to wrestle all the rest of that i don't really necessarily like talking i don't necessarily want to cut a promo so it was it was a uh, a process of me getting finally to louisville where i had jimmy Cornette and and rip rogers who both could cut promos like nobody's business and they just said to make it real it's about information you have got to have all the information. When is this fight going to happen? You got to know it. You can't, st uh, 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 what's the date of that? No, you can't do that because you're going to lose people. How did this all come about is important. The emotion should be in you because you should feel some kind of way about if I had a problem with Bully and I say, listen, Bully, on May the 15th, you know that it's going to happen. But let me tell you how it's going to happen. I'm going to walk through the ropes. You're going to walk through the ropes. And then there'll be nothing between us but air and opportunity. It's like you, now you have people coming in. Now you can get to the meat of it. Why did, why? I want to know why. I want answers. Why did you stab me in the back? What did I do so wrong 
besides have a little success and love the fans, and now you got to pull the fans into it. Besides love and care about what they wanted to make you do what you did. Well, I'll get my answers, and it's going to be after I pin your ass, one, two, three. Like, cutting a promo is about information and emotion. Bully, bully, when he said information, when he said uh, emotion, that was the thing that made me feel like I wanted to, I want to get people to feel something. And even though he's the the last one to talk about these feelings, these things you're talking about. What are feelings? What are feelings? (laughs) But feelings are so important. If you don't have these people feeling your energy and your emotion and how you, how, how, how you, how you relate the information means nothing. It means nothing. The information means absolutely zero if they don't buy into it and feel you. Now, Bully, you were amazing. Wait, I want to ask Mark. I want to ask Mark something. So, Mark, um, before you went out there and you did the promo with Cena, um, the promo was, did you know in your head what you wanted to say? Did somebody work on that promo with you? Did you believe in your promo before you went out there? Did you know in your own mind that when I say these words, I'm going to have people in the palm of my hand? Yes. This is, that was the second time that promo was cut. The first time was in Vince's office when I cut it on him. And I told him I was done. And I was dead serious. I'm like, man, look. I've I done everything I feel like I needed to do in pro wrestling. I want to help the further the business coming up. I want to be with my family. I'm missing my kids doing everything. Like, it's life sucks for me. It don't matter how much money I got. It don't matter like what position or what title I hold. I don't care no more. It's like the I'm going to miss the fans because I'm a uh, externally motivated type of person. I'm better when there's an audience, and I just can't continue to do it. It's going to hurt, but I got to go. And he was like, you got too much to offer. And I, I feel like you, you just have more. I told you, you go in that office, man. Vince, man, he could, Tommy just left Alaska. He could sell ice to the Eskimos. He, can, he could talk paint dry. And I left out of there with a three-year deal. <laughs> wow. Hey. And... I still don't know how that happened, but he said, just, you're going to go. You're going to, you're going to, we're going to let everybody say goodbye, say your goodbyes to everybody. And we won't talk about it no more until the time comes. So I started saying my goodbyes and that was like a year out. So it took a year to get to that emotional point. When I got in front of the crowd, I was truly saying goodbye. That was that was my retirement speech. I I I wrote that. I didn't know that John Cena was going to stand on the apron and start crying. There was a lot of fact. I didn't know that I was going to look out into the audience and every man, woman, and child 
that I could see would be wiping their eyes and shaking their head no. But what I did know is they were going to see me emotionally wrapped up into what I felt like was me telling them thank you. And I appreciate you. And I've been a butthole for the last 15 years because that was the role that I was playing. But as a man, as a person, I wanted to tell y'all thank y'all for being behind me and backing me. And this is goodbye. And it came through the way that it was supposed to. And, you know, I guess fortunately and unfortunately, I had to wrestle for three more years. Well, but, Mark, we we always talk about realism, Mark. How many people really did feel that you were saying goodbye that night? How many people in the locker everybody room? Everybody I know. Everybody I know. Big Show, he called me and cussed me out because uh, <laughs> it was an angle. And I, I, I turned on John Cena. I'm on my couch crying with my wife. And then you go and do that bullshit. You should have called me and told me. Like there, He's one of 50 people that called me and said, man, why'd you lie to me? I was like, I didn't lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? People, it was personal. I said that I was going to go away. I didn't say when I was going to go away. So that's that's what and, and, and the lost art in promos is telling everybody. If I tell Tommy and Bully, they're gonna be sitting at they're gonna be sitting watching the monitor like this. Watch this, this is gonna be good. They gave it away. But if I don't tell nobody, only me and the old man, the, the agents. The writers didn't know. Nobody knew. Me, Vince, and John. Three people. Three. Amazing. In the in the entire that's the lost art of promos. Keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> Keeping it to where the story is is the most important thing. And the the less people know, the better. And Emotionally, yes, it was real for me. Well, I think we're learning about emotions, and I think Mark just told us about keeping your mouth shut. And going back to emotions, Tommy, Bully said it earlier on, you always captivated that ECW audience because I always say at the beginning of every show, I, I say the heart and soul of professional wrestling. In a lot of ways, you were the heart and soul for ECW because without a doubt, you were the biggest baby face coming out of that company, there was a reason for it. What was that reason? What were you able to do on the microphone to get those people to believe in you like you did? The biggest thing is I was always real and I still have stayed real. I think of, you know, I had a deal with legit death in front of thousand people in the ECW arena. We had to go out there and tell them that a wrestler passed away and we're all mm. sad about it. I had to go out there and convey different messages to the fans. Hey, we just lost our pay-per-view. Um, we worked so hard to get to this place. Um, there, there was a lot. And again, uh, it was, if you had to, we just saw it with WrestleMania. If you had to kill time here, here's a microphone, go out there and talk. Um, 
ECW was a whole different animal as opposed to WWE, where it's also ECW was everything like I came up with. Um, there was no writers. There was no, no one could tell Tommy Dreamer how to be Tommy Dreamer. No one could tell Mark Henry how to be Mark Henry or how to be Bubba. It's just, I know how to be me and I know how to convey it. If you want to give me bullet points, cool. Um, in WWE's version of ECW, I had a few memorable ones. I remember when the originals were going up against Vince and facing Vince, they were like, Tommy, what are you going to say? And I was just like, meh, don't worry about it. And they're okay. And I go, Vince, I could, and he goes, Tommy, say whatever you want to say. And I shot a promo on Vince. And then when I left WWE, they gave me an amazing send off, but it was real. Cause I knew I was leaving and I had, you were there, Dave, I had people crying yeah. and I just was just like, you know, I, plus I used, I had my daughters there and I was like, Hey, I've been to shows here. I'm going to miss you guys. And in impact, I've had some good stuff too. It's been different with no fans, but, uh, one of my favorite promos was on Moose because it was all real. And I told Moose, you've been coasting. And I told Moose, hey, the company was going to cut you because you had all this ability, but you're not making it to your ability. And then when I talked about Rich Swan, I talked about my match, what it meant to me. Also about being a, in a pandemic. Also about this world we were living in is crazy right now. And I feel the same way that the, the viewer does. And I get emotional and I've probably cried the most on television than anybody just because it's always been real to me. Realism seems to be a big thing, Bully, and you've been able to get a lot of people angry with the microphone <laughs> in your hand. I mean, early on. And, you with, and without. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, and early on in your career, you couldn't even string a couple of words together because you had a real severe stuttering problem. You were able to over, overcome that and actually get people to be angry at you. How important were your mic skills in telling that story? Well, when it comes to my stuttering problem, I'd like to give thanks to world-renowned doctor, Dr. Vidi Bumbats, for helping me cure that stuttering problem. Um, listen, early on in my career, I think, I, you know, there were the same uh, pitfalls everybody else has, you know, you, you, uh, confidence. You're not quite sure of what you want to say, how you want to say it. Do you say too much? Did you say too much? Did you say not enough? You have to go up there. You got to get in the box and you got to swing away for the fences every time you get up there. It's all about reps. I talk about reps on Busted Open all the time in the ring. It's all about reps on the mic also. Early on, I knew the type of bad guys, the type of heels that I thought me and Devon should be. We needed to be the absolute worst of the worst. When it came to wrestling, Devon was much better than me in the ring. Devon was trained really, really well. He was a good amateur wrestler, a good mat wrestler. He had a much better foundation in the actual moves and the mechanics of moves and technique. I was trained so ass backwards and so poorly that I was kind of winging it on the fly. I knew that once me and Devon got together, that if I could rile the people up into this 
this next level of hatred that no matter who came through that curtain, they would just want to see those people kick our ass. Thus, I wouldn't have to quote unquote wrestle so much and I could learn my craft on the fly as I was smoking, mirroring the whole thing with the promo. And that's why we went um, as far as we did every night. And I'm proud of the things that, you know, the, the situations we created, the riots that we caused and the ability that we had to help get other people over. After me and Devon were done doing our shtick, no matter who came through that curtain, you would have thought it was Stone Cold Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan because you just wanted to see them kick our ass so bad. And and that's why we did what we did in ECW, because the more we were hated, the more whoever came through the curtain was loved. And Tommy and Sandman versus the Dudleys was a feud that went on for like two and a half years. And Tommy knows like all the specifics of the business it did for us. Tommy and Sandman were loved. But once they were coming out there to kick the Dudleys ass, they were loved to the next level. And it was all because of the promo that was cut. What do you, Tommy, you got anything to add to that? No, uh, uh, Dave, and this is for, you know, aspiring wrestlers that are listening to this. It's, and I know Bubba has said it, I've done seminars. It's who, what, when, how, why. And if you could get that done in the simplest of forms, it means so much. Um, even Mark, I've wrestled Mark where we're, we're wrestling 20, 30,000 people. And Mark is literally standing over me and someone's like, you suck. And Mark flips his hair back when he had hair and he'll give them a look. And that's a promo without saying anything. That's like, I dare you. I've also heard Mark say it quickly. I dare you. I've seen Bubba be in many a riot and just be, come on. Or just be like this, like the rocks bring it. And those are promos with your body and with your facials as well. Your inflections, if you're going to be mad, those are all part of the great promo. Well, looking over what we learned today in our master's class, it seems like the art of the promo, you need some realism. You need some emotion. As Mark said, you got to keep your mouth shut. Believability in yourself. And, of course, that brings on confidence. And the art of the promo is something that's still here. We just saw as recent as WrestleMania when given a microphone and given an opportunity without a script in your hand, you could cut some emotional promos at a, on a stage that's the grandest of them all at WrestleMania. Uh, Mark, Tommy, Bully, I really appreciate this lesson. We're going to continue with lessons, whether you're just a fan or whether you're somebody that's starting in the business, I think this master's class is extremely important in our world and our community of pro wrestling. Don't forget to use the hashtag master's class. And once again, always listen to the busted open podcast. And don't forget on the busted open podcast, master's class dropping each and every Sunday. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas.
Sirius XM Podcasts. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.